2: Hello and welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, Fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, and this is another in-off-the-post special. Uh, and I am joined as ever by Mr. Jonathan Kidd, uh, Jake, I've got a good reason for us to be positive tonight. Do you want to hear what it is? I'd love to hear what it is. Thanks,
3: Dean. What is it exactly? We've got a bulging sack. Oh, ho, ho, ho. ha! Ho, 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 ho. I think you need a very big jockstrap for that. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Yeah, as
2: we um we had the international break and then you did the Q and A show. So there's um some extra emails uh, to get through, ten in total, uh, tonight. Um, before we get to them, we had a question on Discord that I forgot to ask last night. Uh, from the legend that is Ken Roy, uh, who asked, "Have we become whinge FC? Should we all chill the fuck out and stop whinging?" Uh,
3: no, my response would be, "No, we need to whinge more." Uh, and I think the more whinging there is, the uh. The less result it will have but um, at least we'll uh, we'll all be whinging together rather than having people coming in saying you've got to, got to trust the process and stop whinging so Kenroy I think you've got to whinge along with us that would be my view uh, I will try and be I'm actually going to be energetic and positive whilst whinging if that's humanly possible
2: yeah we whinged enough last night I think um, yeah yeah I think
3: the whingometer the, the anyway. whinge, was it's highest it's ever been last night it was the uh, the painfully slow oh fuck what they were gonna what are we gonna do next i became very slightly aware that i felt that after the second hour we just had followed through exactly what we'd done in the first hour which was to be unbelievably whingy in fact yes but you know hey hey ho it, it helps if if the it are. helps if the team is playing better than it is
2: let's okay. just put it like that absolutely um do you want to kick us off JK, with email one
3: I think it would be churlish not to this yeah. is from Mason Owen Mason I'm so sorry I was rude to you last week about being Welsh which was it wasn't it was just a feeble gag I didn't mean it I'm you know I've got nothing against the great Celtic tradition because I am indeed myself a big Celt so uh I, I'm um I apologize it was an easy gag to make I but you know anyway um Uh, uh, Dear Chidge, JK and Guest. Well, it's only JK because there's no Guest and uh, there's no Chidge, just Dean. Just want to say thank you for not skipping to the next mail. As soon as you read, I was Welsh. I understand it must be very difficult. Well, no, not at all. Not at all, Mason. It, it's it's excellent that you're a Welsh Chelsea fan, and we love you for it. Um, my mission, he says, is now to become either your favourite Welsh person, you have already, you don't need to have a mission, you already are, or the one you tolerate the most. No, no toleration. We, we, we're we very, very fond of you. I know I've got a bit of competition too, as JK previously mentioned, all of his minor Welsh friends, not minors. No, no, they weren't minors. They were just uh, youngsters, which I heard JK only made friends with because Chelsea bought all of his South American ones, <laughs> Ah. This smoothly leads me into my question. And what do you think of all these South American youngsters? Are we getting the next big thing or are they all glorified Bakayoko's loan army? I don't know what to think about it all. I could be completely wrong, but could they just be brought to be loaned and sold as some sort of get rich quick scheme? Well I think fully enough you are echoing Mason what we're all beginning to suspect. Ten million for every step over they do, every step over they do in Strasbourg. Also, whatever one nil loss I decide to go to next, I'll be sure to grab a drink with whoever is about wherever. Next time looks like Everton next year for the minute. So uh, you'll just have to let me know where I can give you a shout nearer the time. Hope you're both well up the Chelsea Mason. Yes, um, uh, yeah. apparently this, uh, what's, his, what's his name, Perez that we bought. Is that his name? Or I can't remember what the 16-year-old is supposed to be the best player in um, Ecuador. We've got him as well. And uh, Santos doesn't appear to be. Um, uh, featuring at the moment for Nottingham Forest which is a shame because he's supposed to be a big wonder kid and he played pretty well in pre-season and interesting enough of course Odoi scored last night scored a screamer screamer Uh, and actually took a few players on and looked pretty decent Um, he looked as decent as uh, as any other um, player we've got playing for us at the moment but you know hey What do we know? Not mind you, what do we know? I've always been very rude about him. And Tuchel just despaired of him because he never took anybody on. But there he was last night taking people on and scoring a cracker of a goal. Good luck to him. Um, But thank you, Mason. Yes, please write in. You are our favourite Welshman. Please write in as often as you like. And um, um, yeah, yeah, try and if you come to Everton Everton next year, um, is that next year as in this season? I think it is, isn't it? Well, if you're there, please try and meet up with us. That would be lovely. Uh, but thank you, mate. Yes, good mail. Thank you.
2: Yeah, there will be the usual faces in, in the cock, um, I suppose, on match day. And I yeah. think you're right about the youngsters. They're just, you know, if they can set them on, they'll set them on. And if they find you know, one diamond, um, they're going to look clever, aren't they? But, you know, we'll see if any of these players... Um, Santos can't get in the Forest team, but then again, they're better than us. Um, so maybe we should have kept him um, and you, Burn- Burnley looked better than
3: them last night so uh, yeah. where does that put us and Matson doesn't look the player who played for Burnley, not played had- Burnley it- I guess Who was it was having a go today at um, um, Parma was it Petit um, somebody had a go at Petit as a consequence saying that um, he-, he felt that if he was playing for City he would know exactly what to do but he's playing for Chelsea and uh, there are too many players in the Chelsea team who don't know what to do. Unlike at City, so it's making him in the brief appear- period that he's played the two games he's come on as sub made him look as if he doesn't know what to do. Because in the City side, he would have a specific role, and perhaps there is something to be said for that. But
2: uh, mm. I think he looked quite good when he's come on. To be fair,
3: yeah, me too, <laughs> absolutely. But no, I think he was just saying the fact that he didn't he didn't score when he came on, and he played that ridiculous wide pass to Sterling when he should on Saturday on um, on Sunday when he should have just well he did and then he did a very intricate cool volley that was saved by the goalkeeper if it had gone in it would have been great but once yeah. again you can't help but think you know um, bit of power behind it mate but you know hey never yeah. mind never mind
2: um, so I'll do an email ahead. too then uh, from yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, dear Chid Jonathan and Guest uh, first off thank you for one of the best podcasts available one of it's the I think um, your insights into everything Chelsea align with most of my opinions Although sometimes I may disagree, eventually I will come round to your way of thinking. That's nice to know. Yeah. After visiting the bridge for the Gianluca Vialli Legends tribute match, I had time to reflect on my journey through watching the Blues. Having been born in Battersea three months after Chelsea won the FA Cup for the first time in 1970, the second son of a Chelsea mad dad, it was inevitable that I would follow the Blues, and so my journey began. My first game was a Southampton at home in the FA Cup, 12th of January 1977. A 3-0 defeat that I remember nothing of the game, but still had the programme. Obviously, this didn't put me off as I went again with my dad on the last home game of the season. We smashed whole city in the magnificent send-off to the second division in a 4-0 victory. My memories of the day was my first, was first my dad pushing me through the turnstiles, persuading the guy in the gate that I should get him for free. <laughs> a few, uh, from the north stand terrace next to the west stand, the constant pitch invasions with someone coming onto the pitch with a microphone Telling the supporters to get off the pitch, or the game would be called off. And the song, a load of crap, do da do da da," to do da do da. How City, you're a load of crap,
3: do da do da. I think it was that.
2: Yeah. Around then. You would
3: yeah, have been. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was. I'm uh, afraid I was there. Yeah. I remember it well. I remember thinking, "Oh God, stop running on the pitch, everybody!" From my eerie in the east stand thinking, yeah, oh, it's going to be abandoned. Get off, get off the pitch. But it wasn't.
2: Anyway, yeah. Uh, so seeing the pitch invasions last night coming from the same direction made me smile, as this is where the North Stand Terrace would have been. At uh, my birthday that year, I see the classic umbro blue kit that another true gentleman whom sadly left us too soon used to grace the Stamford Bridge turf slash mud. We continued to visit Chelsea together, but playing football myself, the visits were infrequent, and to be honest, the football was poor. When I got to 15, I started the job in a fish and chip shop after school, and had my own income and started to go into games with mates. And I was hooked again, and 85-86 became my team. Johnny being my favourite player. I loved all his action, no fuss game, and he scored some important goals. Good player. My favourite season was the eighty-eight-eighty nine season, first six games, seating only. I went every game at home and only missed a couple of away games. Highlights being a 7-0 thumping of Warsaw away, when for some reason a number of Glasgow Rangers supporters started fighting amongst themselves. The Man City game when Tony Dirigo ran the full length of the pitch to score. And of course, leads at home when Johnny B scored the winner to send us back up. Away games are always great, especially travelling on the special trains, discovering strange northern train stations miles from the ground, and the smells of fishing towns. I think Get that's where best. we were
3: frequently dumped off because they wouldn't take us any further. In some yeah. of those instances, in the trains, they'd find the sidings to stick us because there was too much was too much bother on the trains. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah.
2: Uh, getting chased by away supporters, taking a whack from the local police for not walking on the pavement, and oh yes, giving it to the home support on how shit their northern town was. Going to Chelsea then became a bit of a habit. It wasn't about the results, it was about going. It was about the day meeting mates, having a drink pre-game and post-match drinks.
3: It's a good point because it, it, that actually makes me think about going to Bournemouth. It was really intriguing how so many people stopped watching the game and started walking around looking for mates. And I think this is what happens when the, the, the football gets bad, is people just think, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm going to leave early for half-time. I'm going to look for my mates, come to the side. Because I was in the second row and, uh, and people were just stopping and waving and they are having, having this kind of yellow box thing. And the stewards kept saying, move along, move along. But, you no, know, they were looking for mates all the time. I mate, how are you? Then somebody would come down. They'd have a chat. Not looking at the football, because the football, is, it, it, it becomes more of a social thing if the football's not good enough. It's really interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I
2: digress. Sorry sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. It really isn't interesting, the football, is it? No. Um, uh, going to Chelsea then became a bit of a habit. It wasn't about the results. It was about going. It was about the day meeting mates, having a drink pre-game and post-match drinks. But then things changed and we started to assemble this team full of international superstars, culminating in this wonderful, charismatic Italian who loved to smoke cigarettes and drink champagne pre-match, signing for my team, the one and only Gianluca Vialli. If you watched Channel 4 back in the day, he was the main man. The old lady was my Italian team, and already having a Juventus home shirt with nine on the back that I lived in, this was a dream come true. By the time I had a daughter and she had been on the waiting list to be a mascot for the day at Chelsea, we had been given a date for the 2000-2001 season, and I would get to meet my hero, as he was the manager at the time. But as is the Chelsea way, he was sacked early in the season, so I never got to meet my hero. Being at the bridge last night was a huge honour, and to be able to say thank you and goodbye to a friend. So our game was chosen, it was Derby at home in December. We arrived and straight away treated like royalty. Before the game, we was in the family room with all the players' wives and children. Our, our daughter was obviously very nervous. The lady in charge of the mascot sensed this and asked her who her favourite player was. Without her answering, I piped up and said Zola, not thinking anything of it. Well, the next thing I know, Zola came walking in, in his warm-up kit and came up to our daughter and introduced her, himself to her, taking her by the hand and telling her that he was also nervous and would she mind coming to see the players with him. We then wow. spent the next fifteen minutes in the change room being introduced to every player by Gianfranco himself. Wow! He then took us to see the manager's office and, speaking Italian, introduced us to Ranieri. Uh, not sure what become of him. Uh, he took us to the back family room, back to the family room, and informed our daughter that she would he would score a goal for her today. Obviously, he did. Seeing him last night so humble brought these happy memories flooding back. He is a true legend. I've seen us win everything, but nothing compares to the day our daughter was a mascot and meeting someone of Zola's true class. This unfortunately has disappeared from the modern Chelsea. My time following Chelsea since then has been an infrequent as a move to the south coast and family commitments have meant priorities change. I try to get up and see a couple of games every season and being a pitch owner I don't mind the current owners using my pitch to play football on. Last night was a wonderful occasion and for me possibly a goodbye for a while for Stamford Bridge. I don't connect with these owners or our current players like before. I prefer to watch my local team Hastings United with my grandson. You feel a connection to the players and the management team. And like my early days at Chelsea, children get in for free. But don't worry, I won't give up listening to you guys. Keep up the great work. Arrivederci, Gianluca, you made me smile.
3: Oh, well done, mate! Lovely mail. Lovely yeah. to be able to share your memories like that. Fantastic, Ian. Well done. And um, I think I don't think you're alone with the... Uh, I think it's a classless environment. And I don't think you're alone in uh, in uh, in thinking that these um, the owners are probably not what we would hope to be having not hope they're not what we thought they would be and that money is heavily the priority but you know uh yes and i think you're not alone in 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 going to grassroots football and enjoying it because as you say there's a much more of a uh, an empathy with the players um who if you go up to them will probably really be very pleased to shake your hand unlike uh only Many of these unattainable, well, they're just
2: used, aren't they? This is the problem at the moment in the side.
3: But, you know, apparently we're supposed to trust the process. Apparently.
2: <laughs> it's what I like about, you know, the women's team and the going to the game at King's Meadow, like the connection they have with the fans still there.
3: Yeah. What they're yeah. doing
2: now um, for the Stanford Bridge game. You can meet the players off the coach, but you have to win a competition or enter something to do it. And it's not just open for fans to do. And it just seems ridiculous that... To you know people want to meet their heroes and, and speak to them and they're all treated like you know kings and queens yes. yes ordinary folk can't get near them i wonder if that will
3: actually work in the women's
2: game because
3: there's something about very different environment atmosphere in the women's game i get the impression it's uh it is actually slightly you know football from 40 years ago um in in that sense that they're all we're all where you watch it and you're part of the the group, you're part of the family in a way that you're not at all nowadays in the Premier League. My, my, my few experiences of watching, I've watched a few games last season and uh, it's, it's, um, it's a lovely atmosphere. Just completely different. There's no, very little anger anywhere, very little angst, um, just appreciation. You know, it's, a, it's a very different world. Unless Bowley can
2: smell pound notes.
3: Yeah, yeah, In which case well he appears to be doing that already if he's, you know, enter a competition to get they the got
2: chance. The, um See, the coaches is the Man City is his first away game of the season, it's twelve pounds for a ticket for the match. And the coach yeah. is thirty nine pound. Yeah. Well,
3: coaches is a bit of a yeah difficult point at the moment, isn't it? Anyway. Um right. Shall I read the next one? Andrew Davis. Okay,
2: shall I do the next one from Andrew? Because the next one from Stephen's a bit longer. And, uh, All right, you do that That's one. Right. Good idea. I just uh, want to
3: mention, it says I'm, I'm leaping in the middle with the Sucks thing quickly because
2: I know a bit about that. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Andrew Davis. Hi, both. Chid and Duke of Kid.
3: Good, 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 Duke of Kidd. Thank you.
2: Just on the drive home from the Luca Vialli tribute match tonight, it was so great to see so many genuine legends on the pitch again, many of whom seemed like they could more than hold their own in the current side. The rendition of Nessa Dorma was genuinely moving. There was only one thing missing. Sucks came on at half time to butcher Blue Day. But imagine my de- disappointment, and the disappointment of the whole crowd when our very own Jonathan Kidd was not introduced to perform the backing vocals. Uh, poor form, Chelsea, poor form. All the best and up the Chelsea, Andrew. Oh,
3: Andrew, thank you so
2: much. Yes, it's a very good point, actually. Yeah, they could have
3: done. I'm not aware, I'm not sure that they're aware that I did the backing vocals on it. Um, and I know that Mike Canaris, who wrote it, who sang on it as well, was definitely wasn't there. And actually Suggs, I watched that. Um, not that I went to the Legends game, but I watched the, uh, Suggs's performance. And, uh, I don't think his voice is, uh, is anywhere near as good as it was when he sang it originally. And all he did was sing along to the track. They just played the track and, uh, and he, he sort of interjected in a completely different register and tone. Um, And and on occasions didn't bother to sing at all. But, you know, um, at least he made an appearance. But, yeah, uh, I would love to have gone on and done that. But I'm not convinced there would be a large number of people there who would have known who on earth I was. Only those who listen to the fancast and look at the fanbite. And I don't think you're going to get many of them there. But uh, it would have been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's fantastic. I'd love to have done that. So, shall I do number four? You take number four, yeah. So, Dear Chidge and the Dope JK. Now, is that is that a kind of modern word? It's from Stephen Osborne. The dope meaning, you know, as in, hey, man, you're dope. That's dope. You know, that's good. Or is it the rather sleepy, uh, not very bright JK? Which one do you think it is, uh, Dean? Well, that would be dopey. That would be dopey, is it not? Yeah, but it's still the dope, isn't it? The no, still... dope is good.
2: He's dopey. a bit of
3: a dope. He's him. He's a bit of a dope. Is that is that good? Is that good? Should I look
2: that it's
3: because it's, it's the dope, JK. The dope, JK. JK is, is that a kind of modern person's... Uh, it's a modern compliment. A modern compliment. A modern compliment. <laughs> <laughs> the dope, the dope. Sorry, I'm just looking up dope, if you don't mind, for a second. Forgive me, everybody at home, but I, I need to know exactly what dope means. Mark Meehan
2: says dope is excellent with the youth.
3: Is it excellent with the youth? Yeah. It says a drug taken illegally. It's not that one. A stupid person though he wasn't an intellectual giant. He was no dope either. Uh, and other one, informal, very good. That suit is dope. Yes. I'll take it as that, Stephen. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, or I could be very unintelligent. Um, suit, that suit is... Do- no, I can't, there I go. Anyway, back in New Hampshire, uh, back in New Hampshire, after us, I was so dreadful, sorry, after our quick trip to see family in the UK, we had a wonderful day at the Forest Game. Treat for me and my wife, Chitana, pronounced Chet- Chetna, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry I got it wrong, I'll start again, it was a treat for me and my wife Chetna to take, What uh, well, I'd like to know actually uh, Stephen, what what origin is that? Is Chetna, it sounds very interesting, to take to the game both my daughter Tala, is that Tala or Talar, anyway, and my eldest son Tate, is that Tate or Tate, I'm terribly confused now as to what on earth it is, let's say it's Chetana, Tala and Tate. Um, the occasional con- contributor. Oh yeah, it's, your, it's you. Take the occasional contributor in off the post. We did the walk from Fulham Broadway. Yes, lovely walk. The CFC newsletter stall with Marco. Yes. The club shop. God help me. Yes, exactly. Yes. Surprised you managed to to find anything there. with the it's, it's so full all the time. And the pub. Um, which one is that? Uh, which pub would that be? The uh, where we had a fantastic time connected with Neil Beard. Would that be the, the Cock, or would that be? Uh, because they look as if they're going in the wrong direction if it's the cock. Perhaps it was the um, the butcher's hook or uh, it, it can't have been the pensioner because that doesn't exist anymore. Anyway, what an absolutely top bloke he is. He's lovely. And he was very complimentary about you, Chidge. Chidge isn't here. Was he complimentary about me? Uh, oh, OK, uh, it's a comfort to know Neil has some formal place in the club hierarchy. Yeah, as an unofficial supporters advisor to the board, just hope he has influence. It's not tokenism. We will see. I hope the advice is heard and taken seriously, not just given. The jury is clearly out on that at the moment. But let me say he is a fabulous guy. Really lovely man. Um, we didn't make it to the cock, So we'll have to save that for the next time. It's really special going to the bridge, buying the programme. Actually, it's spelled MME. Stephen, sorry, you've spelt it like a computer program. It's a MME uh, program. Lining up for the turnstile. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty hell. Uh, walking up the steps, getting the sight of the opposite stand and then the pitch. Bloody hell, I miss it. Onto the game, thought we played okay in parts. Jacko had a day off in terms of shooting, but he really does offer so much. Well, if it's any consolation in the Bournemouth game, he didn't even offer that. Um, it, he's going to work out. <laughs> If he goes to the gym, he'll work out. Sterling was a bit off the pace. Mm, Yes. And uh, no, Poch, please don't play Chile as an attacker. Too late. Play him in his position. We don't even know what that is anymore. For fuck's sake. He's a left back. You've got Madweke, injured. Sterling, Mudrick, all over the place. Palmer, not given enough time. Matson running around like a headless chicken, all better suited to that spot, play players in their proper positions, and Matson actually should be left back, yeah, the midfield looked okay, we're in control, we need to move the ball faster and through the middle, yes, yes, quicker, everybody at Bournemouth shouting out quicker, quicker, quicker and shoot were the big words, come on, move it, yeah, don't stop, don't go back, come on, quick, quick, and uh, it was a kind of bizarre unison, from everybody saying that at the same time. It was fantastic. At the same time, obviously not fantastic because we were pretty uh, terrible. Um And when we're between the posts, we need to shoot. Yes, the word once again was shoot. For fuck's sake, shoot. Only Connor and Enzo were prepared to have a dig. Well, even Enzo didn't have a dig at all in the Bournemouth game. He just had a kind of supine game. It wasn't their day. The back four was solid, if not remarkable. Back four's okay, actually. That's the one thing you've got to say back three really they were they're pretty good you know i'm 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 um i'm not unimpressed by the back four and sanchez had one shot to save apart from that, his is two terrible passes straight to them yeah he, he was bad then but he was he was actually excellent against um against bournemouth he was the one bright light i think he's mid-table but not top four hopefully he can improve well yeah he looked pretty good to me of course, we could have done with having a goal to celebrate, didn't even get the partial experience of a goal ruled out by VAR, which we got um, with uh, Colwell volleying in uh, after Sterling's excellent free kick. But in truth, uh, while our, while in our hearts we expected to win 5-0, the fact should have told us not to be so optimistic. Our home league forms atrocious. Of course, we were likely to lose. Our last 10 at home in the Premier League is brace yourself Drawn, lost, drawn, lost, lost. Drawn, 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 one, lost. Oh, excuse me, I'm bracing. I burped. I was bracing myself so much. Winds are rare. That's the reality. At least we weren't shit. Oh, moot point. If we can learn not to be mugged, we'll be all right. Oh, for a bit of experience in the team. Yes, well, oh. it's international week. So rather than relive the tedium by counting how many blades of grass there are in the garden, I thought I'd do something else. I start thinking about VAR recently been the confirmed stitch up between Mike Dean and Mike Dean, Mike Dean and Anthony Taylor over the um spit Romero um hair pull on Brian Justman's poodle. Um and then interesting enough, I don't know if you know this uh, um, um Stephen, but he um uh he then denied it. Denied he'd said that on another program uh, on television. I think it's on sports something around BBC Sports said it was no just it was it was taken out of context and uh storming a teacup, he didn't say that, even though he did say that, and we heard it, and we saw the program i you know the world has just become so weird when you can do something like that and then be uh and then deny you ever did it uh fake news um and then we had the latest episode of match officials mic'd up with Howard Webb and Michael Owen where they scrutinised, among, among other incidents, the one when Kai kicked one Bisaka to earn a penalty, only for it to be overturned, where Anana clattered into Wolves attacker Saza uh, Kaladzic in injury time, and where Akanji was not ruled offside when Nathan Ake scored his header, despite jumping over the ball in the six-yard box right in front of Lino. Yup, that'll be the episode where on-field decisions went in favour of Man United, Man City, and man united it strikes me as i watch these travesties and listen to the officials chat the jk is right and i've been banging on about it ever i think practically ever since i've been on the podcast about refs being shit and self-opinionated spreenings, strutting peacocks but um this is particularly about var isn't it Stephen? here it goes he's saying There's a reluctance by all the officials supporting cast of VAR and assistant VAR to overrule the main referee's decision. Absolutely. In my opinion, this is because of the way VAR has been introduced. It's explained as being there to correct clear and obvious errors. In other words, it's there to tell the ref he or for one day she was wrong, which is clearly something they, in most cases, Hate to be told, something something I've been saying absolutely as you say, Stephen, for ages and ages since VAR started. They do not they cannot stand believing that somehow they they who see everything on the pitch could possibly get it wrong. It is so stupid. Um not not all. Michael Oliver seems to be the one ref that comes out of this as being open minded. He is the best ref of the lot. Absolutely agree. A solution. How about VAR be described as being there to assist the referee? Yes, absolutely. The clue is in the name. Video assistant referee. Yes, yes. So instead of only calling the referee over to the screen when the VAR crew think the ref got it wrong, how about they're instructed to call the referee over when the decision is not clearly right? It's a subtle change, but I think it protects the ref's fragile ego. But isn't it awful, Stephen? We have to have these fragile egos of these obsessed, strutting, fart-features idiots. Uh, there's a big difference between clearly and obviously wrong and not clearly right. When something is not clearly right, it only seems sensible to review it with additional evidence and for the on-field ref to then come to a better decision with the additional information. I mean, you know, you just have to... I keep saying this to look at the the TMO in uh, in the world of rugby. And actually, if you watch the referee, the referees are so much fitter and are so on top of the game. I mean, the Nottingham Forest ref we had the other day, Tim Robinson... Looked like a. he was so far away from the action, and wandered about. And you think, how the fuck did he end up being on the elite panel in the Premier League? And he made decisions accordingly. Wrong, just a bit guessy, um Didn't use his his uh, assistant refs. And we, I thought they just they're just shooting themselves in the foot every time by having refs not up to it maintaining the same kind of oh god yeah well i better go and look at the screen if i made a mistake here and the the trouble is they this 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 business of 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 them uh um it it being something they don't want to overrule the decision on the pitch means that if they make a terrible decision they're going to say no 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 it was it's fair enough He's, he's he's it's as he sees it well if he sees it completely wrongly he should be suspicious of his own eyes you know i've refed I'm a qualified ref. You can't see it. You rely on other people. You rely on the linesman. You rely on, on, you You would rely on anybody else over there. It's a television camera. If you think I may not have seen that right, I'd be happy, absolutely happy to have somebody help me who's seen it better because then you may end up with the right decision rather than thinking, well, oh, I think I saw it okay. Well, I'm I don't like being told what the right decision is. I got it right in the first place because I know. They don't know. They can't possibly know, they can't possibly get it right because they can't see everything because of the speed of the game, the fact they're not up with it. Players get in the way. It, it, it just obviously makes sense that they might get an angle where they've they've seen it wrongly. Then they should be pleased they've got an option, as I say, as in rugby, where they just all of them together. They want to know what's happened so they can make the right decision. It's a completely different mindset. Anyway. Uh, I know the downside of this might be more reviews, he says, but I think it would take away the current inevitability of a review being used to change a decision. At the moment, if there's a review, you expect it to lead to a change in a decision. And at the weekend, the referee decided that um, there was a penalty and it wasn't. Um I think if that was in the Palace game, I think it was. And uh and if I think he got it completely wrong, the ref. But you know, uh, if the review was used for decisions that were not clearly right, less decisions would change. So there would be less shame in the referee having to walk. If I can't believe we're talking about the shame of a referee, less shame in the referee having to walk over to the naughty step, be shown they were wrong. It would also, I believe, actually speed things up in so many cases. After a debatable call, the VAR and assistant VAR waste a lot of time deciding whether to have the ref review it. Um, well a lot of the time they decide they'll make a, a an eternity over an offside where you think we've all seen it was offside we were just watching a, the, the side of the pitch and they and you what are they looking at well what, what and you, then you see it on the screen and and the guy was about 5 yards offside and they're still they're still been working out whether he was or not i, I, mean, I despair anyway while the ref is left standing on the pitch being pestered by the players consequently telling the var people to hurry up and say check complete well the other thing of course is we ought to be able to hear them doing it because it's what once again it's what they do in the rugby it's what they do in the cricket just it 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 would add to the whole atmosphere unless of course they dither unless of course they can't speak speak properly unless of course they go oh then what happened there oh what's that or oh is what's the law in case that if they're talking bollocks you can understand but you at least would hope that the var refs in front of screens would be able to Communicate with the referee on the pitch in a way that doesn't, isn't offensive or isn't proving that they're completely thick as two short flanks. Anyway, um, case in point, uh, where were we? Check complete. Case in point is the Anana call. The way that happened was that VAR sees it as a clumsy challenge, then reviews it, then says it looks like a foul. He doesn't get the ball. Then asks the assistant VAR what they think, then reframes his opinion, then decides, nah, nothing to see, goal kick. Whereas if the VAR were there to figure out if the on-field decision was clearly right, there was no way he would need to watch it 10 times. Instead, he would see it possible foul which watch it again on replay not clearly a fair challenge immediately be able to recommend taylor review the decision instead of two minutes of replays ref would trot over to the screen and get on with looking at the additional information so that he the ref can make the correct call what do you think yes i, I, I agree completely Stephen. it's but it's you know it's it what is it is it is it very very unintelligent people making all these decisions i uh, just uh, Anyhow, that's, that's uh, me for that's the lot for me for now. Let's hope Connor Le- 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 Levy et al. Connor, I can't remember the names of the players. Let's hope Connor Le- Levi, Levi et al. Who's Al? Which one's Al? Oh, et al. Come back from international duty uninjured. Well, Connor did. Uh, Levi did. Um, uh, what's his name? Lavia got injured in training. Uh, Casado came back and was injured. And so was Medweke. Up to Chelsea, Stephen, thank you. Terrific mail, Stephen. Thank you. And allowing me to rant and let off steam about the idiocy of uh, Premier League referees who are just not up to it. Right, young
0: man, young Dean. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online – protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Your go.
2: Yeah, email five is from Reese McGrath. Uh, hello, my name is Reese and I live in Minnesota. I've always had football as a sport I enjoy most. When I was five, I walked into a football or soccer shop, as they call it here, and saw a blue shirt. It looked awesome, so I asked the worker there what team it was. By some miracle, it was Chelsea. Uh, from that point on, I turned tuned into most matches. Fast forward six years and my family was planning a summer trip. I suggested London and my brother immediately moaned, but somehow we managed to get on board. The first thing I told my family I wanted to see was Stamford Bridge, and we did. It was now the day we arrived in London and I was begging the whole day to go to Stamford Bridge. It was the day of our first match of the last season away at Everton and people were crowding in the butcher's hook and we couldn't get a seat to watch. On the third day of our trip was finally time to take our tour of the one and only Stamford Bridge. I have to tell you when I walked up those steps to see the stadium I was in shock. I couldn't believe it, we got close to the pitch, went in the press room, then it was time for the main event, the locker room and the tunnel. When I walked into the locker room I immediately sat by my favourite player's seat, Rhys James, then walked out the tunnel. In my mind I could hear the yelling and clapping. Chelsea. After returning home, I finally started to listen to Chelsea podcast. I got recommended to your show, and I started listening. I love your show, and always get excited when a new show comes out. And when I hear the theme song, I always hum along. Thanks, and keep up the good work, Reese.
3: Sweet, sweet mail. Lovely, yeah. fantastic. Nice to nice to see the effect that coming to the ground has. Um, I was very fortunate, and I, my dad took me when I was very little. But uh, I still get a buzz every time I go. You, you don't lose that, I have to say.
2: Yeah, no matter it's, how they play them as well. Yeah, yeah. Always it's, it's, going back.
3: Yeah, it's just it's the whole thing, isn't it? It's it's um, it's, uh, it's it, it. There's an excitement button in you that gets pressed. Yeah,
2: I'm well, anyway. lucky you saw the blue shirt first.
3: Yeah, you <laughs> could have had a seen a gold shirt and ended up supporting Wolves. Oh dear, and then you'd have to go off to the uh, Midlands all the time. It's nice shirts, though, the Wolves shirts. I always like that color. Anyway, my dad managed to persuade me not to become a Wolves fan because that was the. Uh, the I, I got my mother to buy me a gold shirt when I was six. In fact, I've got various pictures of myself in the shirt, which uh, uh, I don't show anybody because I'm ashamed. No, no, it was just because they'd been winning everything and were a decent team at the time. And I like gold. You know what it's like. You, You like a blue, you like the color. If the team's doing well, you like the colour, you know. I mean, how many how many Chelsea fans have been made by winning the Champions League and uh, um and being blue?
2: Uh, when I was young, I liked Shearer was the main goal scorer in the Premier League, and so I said I was a Newcastle fan. Yeah. yeah then, when you first should. come to Stanford Bridge, just immediately swap. Yes, yes. About it.
3: See what a dirty bastard he was. Yeah. Um, yeah yes. Um, uh, Max Miller, uh, good evening, Fancast crew. International break now over, not without serious reflection these past weeks. Not necessarily thinking and tinkering with today's lineup, future roster configuration, coaching staff or ownership, but thinking about Chelsea as a whole. Chelsea has been truly rooted in family. To begin, I've always been on the outside looking in the, in the soccer, yes, football as you call it, scene. Never formally playing as a youth, witnessing my sister's special striking talents as the other kids picked the dandelions in the field, had me hooked on the game. The early 2000s were something else for soccer in America. Matches on tape delay, shirts at the local soccer express store with sponsors like Siemens, Vodafone, O2 and Fly Emirates, wondering what the hell this is. My fellow mates playing serious winning 11 editions on Xbox for hours. Fox Soccer Plus was unreal when we could watch BLP matches live. Fast forward a decade later, my sister is setting collegiate records for a university, playing amongst the likes of Rose Lavelle and Rachel Daly. But as her playing career came to an end, uh, soccer as we once knew it is now over. Bittersweet, the regional tournaments, the crosstown practices, the families you see in week in, week out now gone. Poof. It was time to move on. Living in a new city, let alone on your own without an established network, can be challenging. The continuous questions continue. Who am I? What am I about? What are my interests? How am I going to meet people? I struggle with the who am I one all the time, Um, particularly when I bang my head on the end of the bed. Um, Maybe I could check a few of those boxes off, plus scratch that itch that needed to be scratched within soccer. Uh, I mean, with no professional team Locally, it seemed like a no-brainer to support the next best thing. So I visited the local pub, ironically named after the old ground that housed the team from North London in red and white. It had the perfect setup: Hip-hop, karaoke by night, soccer by day. But something wasn't right. I didn't have a team to support. Those highlights from the 2000s popped into my brain. Like I knew the names but didn't know the culture and styles. Sure, it was easy to support the home team, whose name was on the front of the building. But in truth... It wasn't a family. Fast forward a year, made the trip to London with a visit to Stamford Bridge in 2018 as a family. Me, my wife, mum, dad, sister, sister's boyfriend, now husband. Something instantly clicked. Maybe it was seeing a giant wall poster of Didier and screaming bar" in my mind, or touring the grounds and museum witnessing historical artefacts from the beginning. Regardless, right then and there I knew, Chelsea was the place for me. So I came back home, determined to give my support to a team I'd never seen play live. I joined the rest of the boys in blue in the pub on match days and the rest has been history. Chelsea has been there on numerous occasions, but wanted to mention a few. My first father's day during the pandemic, FA Cup final after my father's funeral, Champions League final victory altogether after lockdown, the club visiting Milwaukee to present the Champions League trophy with special guest Tori Andre Flo. Another FA Cup final, which I brought both of my children to the pub for the first time in which they flew the blue flag high. But nothing tops your first home and away on English soil. I was fortunate enough to attend a Carabao Cup and Premier League match in 2019 with my mum. Yes, we visited the beloved Cock Tavern, Whoop! painted the rest of Fulham Road red. Yes, I'm now obligated to buy you a round the next visit. We left the country with a win and a loss, something poetic about daily life. Special thanks to Nick, our Milwaukee Blues founder. Without you and what you've built, we would be nothing. To all the Milwaukee Blues members that have now become family, looking forward to more domestic tours and match day carabombs. To all the supporters clubs in the American heartland, you are simply amazing and appreciate your hospitality. Big shout out to Walker in creating our original Milwaukee Blues pins and to Brian Brain for letting us fly his designed flags high in the pub while telling him to fuck off (laughs) this is our home pride of london to many more years of chelsea rooted in family dedicated to my wonderful wife and amazing children kendall reese and cassius james and yes i had a feeling reese james would be captain someday love max from the milwaukee blues at mj Mill eight brilliant 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 lots of nice emojis as well there well done um you know how fond i am of all of you who who support the club from afar and uh, and then visit um i just think it's you do a fantastic job and um the fact that you become so knowledgeable and so um so keen on the club from so far away is 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 a great tribute to your 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 affection for the for the team it's just it's superb so i i i follow you by saying congratulations to all of you special thanks for all of the uh all the uh the, the supporters clubs that you built in america quite fantastic and thank you for listening to the podcast it's absolutely superb of you
2: yeah they so, get a lot of a lot of stick jk don't they uh, fans from abroad but you know especially the ones that listen to the show and write in they, they really get it don't they
3: absolutely get it as uh, yeah yeah are there is as, they're as, as um, as, as well they should just be given exactly the same respect as every supporter does it's absurd if they don't mm. if, if they the fact that that they've made a decision to support Chelsea from thousands of miles away is is a bonus for me the, and the fact they become so knowledgeable and they and they want to come over so much it's unlike people who you know keyboard warriors who never ever make any visit visit to the to uh, to England but even but even then I and people who don't I, I admire their their tenacity and their their ability just to keep on supporting is is superb. It's. Yeah. Uh, it's I mean, so... I would be up at three am to watch Chelsea. Oh, oh absolutely.
2: Well,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's always that. That is so. Uh, that's, that's so praiseworthy. That
2: yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: well, uh, done. well is... done, well done, well done, Max. Fantastic, fantastic email. Love it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this one's says email eight, but it's actually seven because I've lost count uh, on the emails, but it's from Josh Ames. Uh, Dear Cheech JK and friends, I've come to you to vent off some steam today. I write this at 11.30 on the 13th of September, the morning the tickets go on sale to members for the Brighton League Cup game. I logged in at 9.50 on four devices, two mobile phones, two laptops. We're now an hour and a half on from tickets going on sale and I'm still waiting to get through. Please somebody explain to me how that is possible. I missed out on getting an opportunity to get tickets for Fulham away as I don't have enough loyalty points. How on earth are I meant to accumulate points if it takes over an hour and a half to get through the waiting room? No doubt once I get through tickets will be sold out and that's another five points I've lost out on. And as for building up points to get myself a season ticket, absolutely no chance. I've been coming to games since the year 2000 and I've never known it to be so difficult. I'm so disheartened now and it makes me wonder why I even try. On your last episode in, in off the post, a lot of mailers mentioned that the terrible atmosphere at Stamford Bridge these days In my opinion, that has something to do with the regular members having an almost impossible task of getting tickets. In my opinion, the vast amount of season ticket holders who go week in, week out uh, of the been-there-seen-it-done-it mindset and can't be bothered to sing slash chant. Uh, Not you, Chidge, I know you love a good sing-song. Members like myself who seldom get to go these days try to make the most of it but can't create an atmosphere as we'll spread all over the ground. Any ticket-will-do sort of mentality. That coupled with the incredible number of tourists that go nowadays... I managed to get a spare ticket from a friend to the Forest game in the Matthew Harding lower, and I spotted one lady who looked like she was of Far East origin, who was more dressed for Milan Fashion Week rather than a Chelsea home game. I can't imagine her belt on out celery or one man went to mow. It makes me one also wonder, how did she get a ticket? Clearly a tout. Uh, update, it's now 11.45 and I'm still not through the waiting room. I give up. Anyway, keep up the good work, guys. I really do look forward to your podcast. They're as much as part of my week nowadays, sitting down for dinner and going to work. I do truly feel like part of your little fan cast family, and I haven't even had the pleasure of meeting you all yet. Hopefully that day will come one day. Up the Chelsea, Josh Ames. We've got a quick update as well. After two hours, ten minutes, I got through and managed to get two tickets. Matthew Harding lower. We're all happy to get the tickets, but what a complete farce. Uh, keep the blue flag flying high. Yeah, just going through some of the tickets in in our WhatsApp group, aren't they, JK? Some of the special uh, seating tickets you can get for um. I'll just try and find it now. Uh, who posted it?
3: Oh, what the the one thousand seven hundred oh, quid for the
2: dugout, the, yeah, the dugout,
3: the dugout club. club? I mean, that yeah. is just. But yeah, in a sense, that's you knew that kind of thing would happen, didn't you? You just knew the new owners. You know, I I, I can't really. Bizarrely, I can't object to that because they're they're experimenting in how to get revenue. You know, it sort of make it makes sense that they will think to themselves, well, in baseball, sitting behind the dugout is a top place. Why should the family, friends, and family sit there? I mean, it is ridiculous actually that 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 they've they've chosen to to get rid of kids. But from a revenue point of view, you understand why they've done it. But I mean, for goodness' sake, one thousand seven hundred quid. I think that's the most expensive ticket in the ground, isn't it? Just to sit by in well, the dugout, d- isn't it? it? It's 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 most what well, most season tickets are about eight hundred quid, aren't they? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it's two. I think. Yeah, is Ramsey came on um, on Twitter and said, pointed it out and said. Uh, uh, that that is that's that's two season it's worth for one seat for one game for goodness sake what else do you get is it gold plated you get gold plated loons I don't know where they go where do they go is it
2: just the seat well I think it's, normally it's the press box behind the dugouts isn't it so it must yeah, be yeah, that yeah. they built yeah um, yeah know, maybe they got on the pitch from where the players are playing.
3: Yes, yes, they get an opportunity to to be registered and wander on for ten minutes. Oh. Um, but no, I, I, it is it is a bizarre choice that I don't. Oh, oh, anyway, but um, it you, isn't it? It, 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 it's it, but is that the future? Is that more and more going to happen? Is it going to become more and more corporate? And in this business of the atmosphere, um, I, I actually i think i think one of the problems. Um, uh, um, in actual fact, Josh, is is because the team aren't playing very well. People aren't inspired to sing, you know. I, I, and I know that the idea should be you get behind the team but um, uh, and sing when they're not playing well. But the number of games where, you know, we put a whole series of decent moves together, you just see every time a, a series of decent moves has the crowd just, there's a roar that appears. And you think, yeah, it's because they just did that really well. The people are appreciative. And if the if the game is very very uninspiring, you're not going to get a reaction from the crowd at all. So you're not going to get people just singing songs for the hell of it. It's just, I, I've never experienced that ever. I have to say, I don't I know. And I've been going since the '60s. It, if the team, are, well, I suppose to an extent, if some because the team was so shit from time to time in the '70s, yeah, people would sing, but they'd be singing because that gave them something to do because the football was so terrible but most of the time you if the atmosphere isn't right for singing you know, it it's you're just not going to get people doing it you'll get a f- few of those who you know there's always one bloke who always sings zigzag and everybody joins in but it it's so sporadic it's the time that it doesn't last you know i i go to all the away games and um uh all the songs are chanted all the songs are, are, everybody has a go but if the team's playing well there's a kind of the, the songs will go longer weirdly they'll well not even weirdly they'll just you know they'll they'll sing a um uh you are my chelsea my only chelsea uh, you make me happy in skies of blue na 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 nah. oh that'll just go on and on um because it everybody loves singing the nah, na 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 oop it but it'll go it'll keep going whereas if it's just a, somebody having a go it'll just have a couple of lines of it you know it's it, it so people it, if you want to experience the proper proper singing, go away because it, it, people are so up for it and you want to try and out-sing out the opposition, even though there are only 3,000 of you. But I honestly think that the, we haven't been playing very good football. If we were playing very good football, the atmosphere would be very different. I appreciate there are lots of tourists there. I appreciate that they're trying to uh, possibly just get people to come one-off and go to the club store and you know spend masses of dosh and that may be the plan but uh i I mean it was noticeable in the Liverpool game at the beginning of the season that there was a kind of we went up a notch after we'd scored and um uh and that was a pretty good atmosphere that one there uh and, and I sit in the middle so in the in in the east stand, so you middle of the pitch as it were halfway line, so I get both lots of of supporters and you the um, the opposition fans always try and sing more loudly than than in your team and are always complaining about your lack of noise but I always feel that the the Matthew Harding if we're doing well always gives something as then the shed the shed ch- the shed have got, don't have the same numbers of people as they have because they've got the opposition fans but they seem to to the volume goes up once the Matthew Harding goes up but uh, but I, I you know I I agree with you that it it can be shit, but it's because the performances aren't good. That's my view.
2: What do you think, Dean, about that? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I always think you know the fans reflect what they see on the pitch and if the players aren't exciting them, then, as you said, at Bournemouth, people are looking at their mates having chats, not even watching the football, so they're not going to be chatting all the way. Uh, it's, It's been interesting what happens with these digital tickets and touts. Obviously, yes, to yes, them, them. Yes, very good point.
3: Yes, they won't be able to get it, get them the tickets anymore. will they, the towels because digital. I suppose that's the way, isn't
2: it? It's what they want. Yeah. I suppose it's the idea, but you can still just screenshot it and scan it as a picture.
3: No, of course you can. That's what I do when, whenever, I, whenever I use a train, exactly. And what I yeah. do when
2: I have any ticket, I, I screenshot it. Yeah. So, so they'll still be able to get them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't got to use the app, but. I think that's the idea. I suppose is to try and stop them a bit, but yeah,
3: yeah.
2: They that's what they usually said that they want the people that are going to go in the mega store before the game and then get in the ground absolutely. early and, and spend as absolutely. much. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. I mean, where I sit, it's 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 been turned into corporate. Never was corporate. Got turned into corporate, and um, there are very few um, uh, people you don't recognise. We've all been there for thirty years, um, so it's not it's not true to say that everywhere is invaded by tourists i just think there are certain portions of the ground where obviously you get them off the ticket exchange but i also think they the you know if you want to get a ticket and and you've come from a long way away to to get a ticket and have the experience they expect you to buy a Westview or even a dugout and and you will because you know you that's the otherwise you you can't get in any other way because you you haven't um, got a season ticket or you haven't applied ages beforehand and that's what they're that's what i I think they'll try and turn even more parts of the ground into little hospitality areas and they'll sell tickets at the last minute to them because they'll be in control of it and they'll be ludicrously priced and so i expect more and more people like that to be at the ground um that's just the way unfortunately the world
2: is going I always thought they'd replace seats with cameras and then from anywhere in the world you can get a vr headset and yeah, you for yeah, yeah. but we'll
3: all by them we'll be lying in our vats won't we we'll yeah. be in our in our because i've got does. virtual reality i've got a virtual reality cricket game and uh uh the joy of being in the middle of a um a, a test cricket ground and smashing some left arm over bowler to the boundary um or injuring myself as I do because I normally play forward and smash into the dishwasher because I haven't created the boundary properly for myself, um, and I've got a very badly injured right finger as a as a result. But um, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's what'll happen. You're absolutely right, and there'll be there'll be nobody there anymore. And in fact, they won't even be teams;
2: they'll all be AI, won't they? So, just one big football football manager game. Yeah. I don't know about the the way I never really used the the um the weight the um online ticket but i know the um the women's games have gone on there as well at the same time as they're selling the men's tickets ah, so you're getting two lots of supporters going on waiting well, just, through the waiting room I mean, to buy tickets to do just, the yeah. games yeah yeah that's just absurd yes yeah. but suppose- I think the um supporters trust um a big one a big one yes that. so Worth, Thoughts, um, trust are, are excellent at following
3: these things up aren't they
2: really yeah, yeah. worth becoming a member and, and asking them uh all about that yeah uh is it me or it's you isn't it jk trust you know me.
3: yeah 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 just to say I, I think we should bring this up
2: again with with um
3: possibly with chidge on friday i uh, with it's you and me again on friday isn't it Yeah, we've um, got mark though mark will be good for that but, I mean, mark would know we'll do it let's bring it up with mark on friday Have a yeah. discussion, talking about that mark will know yeah um excuse me this is um george spencer um uh, uh, our excellent george spencer who um i love the fact is calling you mirzy which um, um you really
2: get that. It's my normally my brother
3: is it okay yeah. isn't it i like it though an intimate, like me can mean called kiddo or kiddie yeah. yeah it's quite pleasant not that i answer to it but you know yeah mirzy um jk no guest george it's just the two of us Uh, I'm so glad I sacked off the pub and watched the Alton ladies team. You have a life, George, Uh, all these different teams you watch. Alton ladies team instead. Sounds like it would have been boredom and frustration in equal measure and rammed full of rugby fans who'd have considered South Africa versus Romania to be more important. As we went 90 minutes without scoring and probably wouldn't have scored if we played until midnight. Yes, I agree with you completely. Um, It's not been great football-wise recently. Not only did Winchester City lose at Didcot while missing two pens last weekend, the absolute Gareth's at GWR stopped me from getting to the Legends game. And and yesterday, Winchester City missed another penalty and numerous other chances in a 1-1 draw at Reading City in the FA Cup, as well as not being given a goal in the second half, even though the ball clearly crossed the line. Bloody hell, you've had a hard time, George um well i'd like to know what happened with the uh the the GR, gwr train you've just you've left us hanging here by saying um the gareth's at gwr stopped me from getting to the legends game i'd like to know what that was all about so anyway until next time was there a train strike that day today is that what it was i don't know anyway till next time up the chels george spencer good old george keep him coming love it love it i'm sure george will let you know about the um
2: Gee, I'd like you. to, know.
3: yeah, thank you, I'd like that very much, good, thank you, yeah.
2: Uh, Jake, I don't know if you've seen the message from Chich, but there's another email, uh, he's emailed to us, um, if you want to try and find out what I do, the last one on the pager.
3: Uh, where has he sent it, do you know?
2: He sent it to our both of our emails, I think. I I'll have a look then, yeah, you do this yeah. one. And I'll do this from Daniel Cabral. Yeah. Uh, hi Chich. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing this on the show, just looking for support from any of the Chelsea faithful I'm running my first marathon October 14th. Uh, in doing so, I thought I'd raise money for the Sandy Hook Promise Foundation. On December 14th, 2012 in Newton, in Newtown, Connecticut, 26 people were killed, 20 of them being children aged 6 to 7. Uh, I started a GoFundMe called It's Only 26.2 Miles for Charity. Uh, my goal is to raise $2,620 US if you can, thanks in advance for your kindness and support, Daniel. Uh, and here's the link. So it's uh, gofund.me forward slash A96525B2. Um, and we'll make sure we put that out uh, on Twitter as well, uh, Daniel, so people can uh, donate for a great cause. Um, yeah, fantastic cause. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that, uh, Sandy Hook, well, a um, you know, really sad day on my son's 7. Uh, so, you know, reading it sort of. Hits home as well. So hopefully, you know, lots of people will donate and we'll beat that, um, the target of $2,620. Um, yeah, so we'll share that out uh, on on all our social media channels. And
3: I hope you do well in your first marathon, yeah, Dan. good luck. In training for it. A mate of mine was so cocky about running a marathon. He said, oh, I'm very fit, I'll do it. And he, he then had to have a hip replacement. So you got to train. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a terrible story, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, you might have a hit replacement. Anyway, um uh is another one that uh, in fact this is um this is from JP. JP McCreight. Um Subject I was there. Hello, Lord Dean Mears, that's you and respective good lord Jonathan Kidd. Kidd spelt wrongly. Oh, please, please, J J P. For goodness sake. I think that's an order to correct that. Kid kid with a Y. Kid with a Y. Won't be all to correct that. Anyway. Um, Dean, firstly, you're doing a great job manning the Lord of the Honour, Stamford Chidge. Surely that's Lord of the Manor. Anyway, Stamford Chidge, who is holidaying in France? Question mark. Yes. We welcome you with open arms, have our respective ears, and paying attention while you put JK back in his box. I'm sorry. Chidge's way of sort explaining how to handle him.
2: I like listening to JK though, so I do let him thank you very much, Dean. I do thank like you. listening to what JK says.
3: Thank you. Thank you for sticking up for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um uh, yeah, anyway, but yeah, perhaps some people think I ramble on a bit, but yeah, I do rant a bit. Um firstly, I'd like to say the Legends game is brilliant, absolutely blinding night. Took a good friend of mine who introduced Chelsea a long time ago. We loved it. Arrived early to soak up the atmosphere. Unsure what we were going to find. Was blown away to see loads of people who came early to do the same. It was like going through a time loop. Going back in time. Seeing Chet coming out to huge cheers and applauding. Rest of the legends coming out to warm up. Um, uh, met, respectively, uh, met respectively the same. Yeah, that's right. The emotion was building all through the build-up of what we... We were there for, I can say for certain, there was not a dry eye around in the arousing arousing opera of Nessun Dorma. Truly magical night that went on to see some impressive football on display. Chance to see Zola the Magician coming on the pitch to grace us. I finally saw Zola play. Okay, aged and not as fruitful as he was, but I still saw him. The halftime entertainment of Suggs was met with thousands of fans singing along in merriment. That stadium was packed. We all walked down to Fulham Broadway in absolute joy and sentiment of days of past. Moving on to the days that now we face. <laughs> yes, JP. Yes. Hmm. I would imagine Poch has got those lemons in his hands, grinding them like Chinese stress balls. And isn't it telling? He's looking very sharp in his responses and lost that smile. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. He's... he's uh, is uh, slightly under the cosh. Uh, wouldn't you, you though, if you took on this job, to be really fair to the man must be difficult to keep going to these media parts, having to keep reminded of the past haunting us. And for him, Potch, to have to keep expressing this is a new era. We need to give it time and patience. Mm, slightly like Potter did. Uh, entertain me if you don't mind to. Imagine being in your job, someone reminding you every day how rubbish the last person who did the job was, reminding you of what happened when the results looked the same. It's very one directional. I don't think anybody's reminding him of... of uh, um uh, how rubbish the last person was. I think he's worried that he's going to become the, the last person who did the job. Um The instant gratification of results is balmy when you pull a squad apart and rebuild it from every level. I think it's the fact they spent a billion on it, JP. That's the thing. And expect instant results is almost insane. Once again, it's because a billion was spent on it. You do expect a... Um, a slightly better standard of football, I think. If 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 you were to be fair, look at the clubs who did this. Fulham comes to mind. Then, of course, it's not going to click in straight away. When when did Fulham did that? Do that
2: when they came up uh, the last time they signed. Sort of...
3: Oh, they did. That's right. Nothing happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, also think of the problem of injuries. We did look great in pre-season. OK, not a great barometer, but bear with me. With Nkunku and Nkunku and Jackson playing, it was looking like this was in the PFC's secret recipe of herbs and spices. Can to finally work to get results? And then someone gets injured. We're having a dog's dinner of a problem. Yes, Nkunku, I think, was a big loss. I agree. It's too easy to lose distraction. But to boo your team during this essential time is balmy um I think it's booing out of frustration, actually, JP. I think it was just, you know, particularly if you've—it's the expectation. You expect them to do better, and you're disappointed. It's very difficult not to boo at the end. But anyway, I didn't. I have to say, I don't believe in it. But you know, some people—that's—they feel it's their right. Surely you're better to cheer them on during the sun and rain. Cheer them on through the sun and rain. Just get through this difficult turbulence. um I don't know why I chose to be toothless cockney old bloke then but i did anyway, um the team's not that bad we're, we're getting there we'll get better when we have key players back from injury now the trouble is is who are the key players back from injury i don't it's only in cuckoo in, Cuck- in cuckoo isn't it who else is there and reese i mean reese obviously is a top top player but you know i think we've got to resign ourselves to the fact that he spends most of the season injured um who else is there i'm not you know
2: yeah there's lots of injuries but i am not yeah but who who, who else is the
3: who, who's the first team adine who's who's a you know in cook you're saying that right but and and lavia's is injured isn't he but he's yet to play and uh, madweke's injured but he's not you know you wouldn't pick him immediately so i i'm it's all very well saying we've got 11 injuries but i'm not looking at any of them and thinking they're better than any of the players we've got out on the team in the team at the moment so Anyway, anyway, so Stamford Chidge said it well. Someone's in for a battering soon. I said Marco last night, actually. Um, yeah, he said the same, but it's always, that's kind of Chelsea hope, isn't it? And We think it's us, though. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I think this lovable, very good assessment is very true. Anyway, enough of my rambling, just sharing the diary of a madman. You're not mad, JP. You're one of us, mate. We're all mad. <laughs> um Keep your head, Chelsea family. Up the Chelsea. yeah. We're trying, mate. Good, good email as always, mate. Well done.
2: Yeah, and thanks just... for the kind words as well. Fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, good. Is that the end of that? In that's it. All all the mails uh, done and dusted. Uh, remember, if you want yours read out on the show, to get them into chelseafancast at dot com. Uh, normally by Sunday evening uh, for the Monday show. Uh, if you email us, we will read it. And of course, if we get more than, than five, we will do an in off the post for you as well. I'm not sure when Chidge is back. So if there is an in off the post off the next one, it might be just, uh might be for Chidge. Uh, but we'll see. See how many come through, uh, JK, between now and a yes. Monday night. If there are 10
3: or 12, we'll, we'll probably do another in off the post, won't we?
2: Yeah, I'm sure we will. Um, especially. Well, it depends what happens on, on Sunday as well, I suppose. Uh, Now, we'll be back on Friday at the usual time of 7.30pm with Mark Meehan for the Friday night preview show ahead of the Aston Villa game on Sunday, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, are we Jake... getting Justin in it for,
3: for Coutinho? Is he going to be Justin in it? Are we getting him to be on?
2: Uh, I've emailed him, so uh, hopefully he's good. I hope so,
3: because he's really good. Yeah, as are all the um, opposition.
2: All team. of them, yeah,
3: absolutely, yeah yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, good to see you, JK, again. Good mails
3: yeah excellent terrific yeah 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 it, it's it, it's a joy to read them out because of the the standard is so great i love it well done everybody fantastic fantastic
2: yeah, thank you and yeah, well, absolutely well absolutely done dean good show yeah. well done mate. so i butchered the song but um was before my time so <laughs> to let me off for that um yeah as i said we'll be back friday so i'm actually tuning for that and until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chelsea the appearance of old,
3: toothless, cockney bloke. Okay, <laughs> of